There was um this other tech podcast I was listening to. They were talking about the Olympics and like how live sports viewing numbers have dropped a lot. And the guy was like, okay, but also like if you don't have cable, where the fuck are you supposed to watch the Olympics? Because I'm not trying to pay for Peacock. So the only place I see Olympics coverage is literally on TikTok. Oh my God. I have so much shit to talk about for peacock because i thought peacock just showed all the replays from the previous day and it was great right Mm -hmm. so this morning i watched the women's finals for a little bit and then we had to go to work so i didn't actually finish watching it Mm -hmm. and then just earlier we were eating dinner and i was like let's finish it and on peacock the replays are not immediate it's like it's delayed by three days so i can't watch it until like Thursday or Friday. Something oh, like that, that sucks. Diving doesn't start until like the end of this week, which is what I really want to see. Uh-huh. Diving mm-hmm. is wonderful because it's like fucking crazy and no one ever gets hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Bottomless Broadway, where we talk musicals over mimosas. As usual, I'm Cindy. I'm here with Christine, the only person I'm ever here with. Um, that's not true. We've had guests. That's true. But you're always here. Yeah. <laughs> You've never replaced um, me. I am irreplaceable. Yep. <laughs> so we took a summer break, an unplanned summer break, but we're back with the fourth and last season of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. So if you haven't listened to our previous three episodes about seasons one through three, you probably should. But otherwise, season four is what we're talking about today. Yep. <laughs> And you should probably have watched it. Otherwise, we will probably talk through all the spoilers. So We're really starting season four at like a wild place anyway. So if you haven't seen seasons one through three, get a Netflix account. Yeah. Truly, I think Netflix was like... I mean, I watched this show when it was airing on TV. Um, but it was literally the lowest rated cable television show in terms of like number of people watching like consistently and yeah like no one watched the show when it was on i mean okay part of it was it was on the cw and outside of jane the virgin like no other shows on the cw are known to be good really so i think people just like didn't take it seriously and also once you say musical like i feel like now that's kind of changing but like five years ago people were like i don't want to watch a musical and yeah all right well i can give like a quick um you know summary and we'll jump in yeah Fourth season. All right. I feel like the f- for the first time in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, we're not looking at like a really li- linear story of like Rebecca needs to get or get back at a man. Mm-hmm. Um, the good news is like we get to know a lot of the side characters better um, and there's some really good stuff there. But her storyline is a little bit all over the place. We start the fourth season with Rebecca in jail. Um, yeah, which might be a huge shock if you missed seasons one through three um so just as a recap she chose to go to jail even though she didn't actually commit a crime because it was her chance to like repent or like pay her dues for all the shitty stalkerish stuff that she's done in the past that may have been somewhat illegal but is not what she's currently being tried for um she does quickly get out of jail because she didn't actually kill a Trent on purpose. <laughs> um, and it kind of sets the tone for like this season where she's like 
down to right her wrongs and like come to terms with her mental health issues. And it's kind of cool because, well, so in our last episode about season three, we already talked about how like the final song of the season where Rebecca and Nathaniel are basically like, no one is ever anyone's fault because we're all products of our childhood trauma that was like a useless song because immediately afterwards she's like i feel bad for everything i did and i'm gonna go to jail um right this season is kind of like i think it handles that well in my opinion because she still struggles with like coming to terms with her mental health issues and she like mostly does but i feel like she really learns to not use them as reasons to not be a good person um and that's like her thing now um she quits the law she opens a pretzel shop the men around her notice how wonderful she's becoming because she opened a pretzel shop Uh and (laughs) all love her all of a sudden her friends grow up her friend's kid grows up spoiler greg is back um this girl at work i'm not gonna name her because i don't want to embarrass her because she's about to be really wrong um (laughs) watched only crazy ex-girlfriend seasons one through three and then she said she couldn't go any further because um she feels like it's just one of those shows maybe like riverdale where no one ever has any character growth and it's just like they pull the same shit over and over but i would say this isn't one of those shows yeah, that's surprising that you said that. I know. I think like, she just I can kind it. of see where she's coming from where like Rebecca does like spiral and stuff a lot, but like I like that they did that cuz it's not just like, oh, look, you're fixed now. It's like she does do different things, but then it's it's not like her not growing. It's like her trying to grow and then falling back into the same old habits. Yeah. I think like her growth is never as clear as it is in season four. Um, yeah. Cause yeah, I feel like I don't even know if like Rachel Bloom knew this is where she was headed when she wrote season one. Um, Cause the show definitely takes on more of like a mental health and self growth focus going into the later seasons. How did you think, how did you feel about the intro song? Um, it was cute. I liked it. I kind of wish they like changed it up a little more week to week because you know how they have the like scenes of um just like her doing weird shit. I kind of mm-hmm. wish they like changed those up because they have a whole library a of, of weird shit that <laughs> she's done throughout the last 3 seasons. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, like it was cute. I liked the whole like oh wait, it's the wrong person. Um and and some of the lines were uh pretty funny like the um the buttons at the end i like this intro song i think it's my second favorite i think nothing's ever gonna beat season one Mm -hmm. um because that's amazing it's just yeah so it's so cute and then yeah i didn't really like season two i was okay with season three but only because i didn't really like season two Mm -hmm. and i like this one a lot and i watched every single one of the intro songs because the button is always different and i wanted to see like how weird it could get because um yeah basically for anyone that doesn't know like the intro song there it starts with meet rebecca and then they like show this girl that is not Rebecca <laughs> bunch um and they're like oh wait wrong rebecca and then they like show rebecca bunch 
Um, and then they're like, just kidding. Rebecca Bunch is not cool at all. We should go back to the first wrong Rebecca. And then the wrong Rebecca, like you expect her to be really cool because she's like pretty. She's like picturesque and riding a bike in a summer dress. And um, she always says weird shit. The one I remember the most is when she's like, I live in this park. Meet Rebecca. She's the coolest girl in the world. Wait, wrong Rebecca. It's this one over here. She's funky, she's sweet, a generous friend. Oh, but there she looks kind of mean. Mm. Okay, she's snarky, sarcastic, and a what you know we're not really seeing a common theme. Meet Rebecca. She's too hard to summarize. So let's go back to other Rebecca. I love that in the first scene of episode one, it's like them talking to the judge and everybody in the room is basically trying to be like, I'm a lawyer. (laughs) The judge is just like, are are you? And Rebecca says something and she's like, yeah, I know my rights. I know the law, but actually I don't because I'm a real estate lawyer. And then like Nathaniel bursts in and he's also like, I'm her lawyer. And he's like, I am also a real estate lawyer. That whole thing happens and the judge is like, you've got to get your shit together. And then Rebecca's like, please, your honor, give me a second to talk to my real estate lawyers over (laughs) here. She goes to jail because she pleads guilty to killing Trent. Like a dumbass. And she basically begs for her jail sentence, which is also weird. They're like, you don't have to do this. And she's like, but I do. And everybody's like, no, you don't. Oh, yeah. The judge is literally like, I can't actually put you in jail until like your next trial or whatever. And she was like, please. And she like annoys the fuck out of the judge. And she's like, okay, you can go to county jail for eight days. (laughs) There's also like kind of a statement on like racism in criminal justice Mm -hmm. um that didn't actually feel totally shoehorned in like i feel like they did it okay um but like rebecca's in jail she's a movie musical theater fan this is actually the first time that i found out she can't sing in canon ah um and apparently all of her singing is in her head which they end up making very clear in season four but i thought Mm -hmm. like i don't know but like yeah, when she's actually singing in jail and other people are listening to it, it sounds terrible. And I always thought, like, she could sing. But anyways, so she ends up um, doing, like, a Chicago number with them, the one the one with the hot girls that killed people. Cell Block Tango, yep. Yep, Cell Block Tango. And um, she's, like, trying to get, like, cool, nefarious, sexy, dark stories out of them. And then most of them are just, like, black girls who are like, I did nothing. But I felt that part was, like, fairly well done. And they kind of carry it through the season because both Rebecca – oh, no, Rebecca, Nathaniel, and Paula, um, like, act as, like, consultants to Mm -hmm. the inmates that were Rebecca's friends and give them legal advice. Again, they're not – litigators (laughs) litigators <laughs> like real estate lawyers yeah but it's fine like, i'm gonna try to help <laughs> but i truly just didn't really like either of the songs in the first episode i don't know it was not a strong start song so for me. i liked no one else is singing my song i know that it's kind of a basic ballad but the harmonies i think were beautiful and the fact that they called out the harmonies was like kind of funny <laughs> Um, so yeah, so basically while Rebecca's in jail, Nathaniel is 
unable to deal with the fact that this girl that he loves would rather go to jail than be with him. <laughs> um, Cause he wanted to get Rebecca out of jail and date her. And she was like, nah, I want to go to jail. So like <laughs> he's basically spiraling and um, he decides to go to what Paula calls a death camp. And what Nathaniel says, Paula, that's ridiculous. It's concentration camp because it helps me focus. He pays like what, like a hundred thousand dollars or something outrageous like that for yeah, a remember. bunch of guys to kidnap him and then throw him in like the middle of a jungle um, with absolutely nothing. And he has to like survive for seven days. And it apparently like helps him clear his head and feel more confident or some other stupid white boy shit. And um, his best friend, George, George. Yep. I don't even remember his name. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) His best friend, George, uh, who works for him is like Nathaniel's crazy. So he follows Nathaniel into the forest, except he has like a tent and like 15 days worth of Twinkies. It's really funny because George up until now has been like, like he's helped out Nathaniel, but he's always been seen as like a lackey who's like not super intelligent, maybe like not super useful either outside of just like following orders. And Nathaniel is like normally like put together and competent. And now you just see like Nathaniel who is like still bruised and beat up from his trip. And he's like literally just like struggling in the forest. I think he has a single machete or something. And George is literally like has a whole tent pitched, has like a campfire going, is like cooking sausages. And he's just like, you know, whenever you want to come join me in the tent, like it's open. And Nathaniel's like, no, I got to do this. And then, okay, so Rebecca's in jail. Nathaniel's in jungle. Josh, who we haven't talked about yet, is like also being a sad boy at home base. And he's drinking. I think that's where he is. And the three of them start singing, no one else is singing my song, which is obviously ironic because they're singing it at the (laughs) same time. And they're just kind of talking about like how shitty their life is and how nobody understands them. It's late and getting colder. You're only getting older. And you're next to someone who is fast asleep. That's so specific. Does anyone understand? Would anyone understand? Could anyone understand? Of course not, because no one else is singing my song. I was trying to figure out how we got to the cringe, because that, I think, is the first good song of the the season. Right. So, okay. So what happens is um, Paula goes to Trent, who is paralyzed from rebecca's murder attempt of him um and so paula goes and he's like i know you're faking this coma i don't know how he knows she knows that he's faking this coma because i don't know it seems pretty real like he fooled all the doctors you know but she's like i know you're faking this and then obviously trent doesn't wake up because he's very committed to faking his coma and then what does she say? She says something like Yale is better than Harvard. And then he's like, that's ridiculous. And then, <laughs> yeah, it's great stuff. Um, so she proves his coma is false and she proves Rebecca's innocence. She comes out. She's not that happy about it. Um, and then 
the internet goes wild and calls her a rooftop killer who has like a history of mental health issues. Right. But okay, so so how we get to the cringe is she's scared to leave the house. She has a quick song called Time to Seize the Day or whatever where she goes through all the stuff she does to delay herself leaving the house. I do think that the cringe is like the first like good song of this season, but I did like Time to Seize the Day because I thought it was it was like a, a clever enough like patter song about anxiety and like being too scared to like leave your house. Yeah, it's not that listenable, but you know the part where she's like one step forward, two steps back, two steps forward, four steps back. Um every time I look at the Olivia Rodrigo song, One Step Forward, Three Steps Back, that tune just gets stuck in my head. And like for the longest time I forgot about Seize the Day and I thought that was her song. And like, I was like, I was going through the Sour album trying to pick out which songs I hadn't heard on the radio yet and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I could go listen to them. And I saw that one and I was like, oh, it's one, t- one step forward, three steps back. I know this song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the cringe happens because I think in Rebecca's effort to continue to like be obsessive over shit that can keep her in the house, um, like there's a blackout or something and then a book falls onto the ground from her bookshelf and it's perfectly open onto this page about the girl that was like murdered or died or whatever in her mm-hmm. current condo. Yeah. And um, cuz as a she, recap, she moved into the quote unquote murder house. Right. And she thinks that it's like a sign and there is this ghost trying to talk to her and she finds out that like when this girl died, she sprayed poop all over the walls and she thinks it's like this personal connection because she has a she's experiencing a lot of shame right now and obviously the girl that died spraying poop all over the walls experienced <laughs> a lot of shame. So she talks to Heather who thinks she's crazy, but then she talks to Paula who also thinks she's crazy and then she talks to Valencia who's like I totally believe in ghosts. Um, so they do this like weird. Like, yeah. Thing. <laughs> and, and, um, and a better graveyard. Yeah. We're honestly, okay. This song did not need to exist, but it's great. It's um, the one where they, they have all the skeletons talking about all the other embarrassing shit they did sung by Patton Oswald. Um, and the best part of the song is truly just the costumes, though. Skeleton ball gowns, basically, with, like, the long opera gloves and stuff. Truly great. Like, top ten costumes, hands down. I mean, I guess the main thing that this song did was it just, like, convinced Rebecca to start, like, leaving her house again and not right. being a a hermit. And so, so she goes to work. Actually, that part was really sad when she was talking to Dr. Copian, her her therapist. And then she's like, you know, you don't have to be a lawyer if it doesn't make you happy. And she was like, it's the only thing that people pay and value me for. Mm, yeah. I mean, I do think that is like an interesting point where, especially for someone like Rebecca, who is kind of just like used to having done everything her mom wanted. She's instead. like really defined by her work success. Yeah. And it's like, now that she sort of um, isn't really talking to her mom, it's kind of like, oh, well, now she can kind of do her own thing. Like, and what's that going to be? But 
it's also just like you know when you're i don't know rebecca's probably like around 30 at this point like mm-hmm. how do you just completely change your career and stuff and i guess the rest of the season is also sort of exploring that right so she shows up at work and in her office building there used to be a coffee shop on the first floor like many of us have um but it was it like shut down and was turned into pretzel central who is owned by jim formerly a lawyer that worked with her at her company um and I'm not even sure he actually quit because everyone else is just like, where's Jim? Um, but Surely this, this law firm is the hottest mess ever. It's crazy. Nathaniel was, you know, concentration camping. He shows up for work for the first time in like weeks. And Paul is like, I get you're depressed, but Rebecca hasn't been at work. Jim hasn't been at work. Tim hasn't been at work. Nobody fucking has been at work. I've been the only person at Why work. Why do they still have clients is what I don't understand. Right. And Nathaniel's like, oh, it's no big deal. Like, whatever. And when Rebecca comes back, like day one, she has a client that's like, I need to see her. And I'm like, who? What? Who is this bitch? Rebecca shows up and she finds that Jim is now running Pretzel Central. And, um, he like hired this guy who is uh in law school and Rebecca's like Jim you're crazy you spent a lot of money and time and effort on law school how could you not continue being a lawyer and Jim sings don't be a lawyer which is honestly like my first favorite song of the season yeah this is truly a bop um, one of my friends was studying for the LSAT when this came out and she made this her ringtone or not her ringtone, her wake up alarm sound. I mean, why did she do that to herself? Does she not actually want to be a lawyer? It's funny. I don't know. I feel like lawyers have this like tendency to just be like, this was a huge mistake. And even I guess people studying to be a lawyer are also like, I know I'm going to feel that way, but right now I need to pass the LSAT because um, apparently she shared it with like her entire LSAT study group and they all loved it. Um, so I don't know. Maybe they're all just like lawyers as a whole are just like masochists or something. And yeah. And I also like the part when like, quote unquote, CBS's lawyer is like, we don't, condone these views at all and then he jumps off the building we're not i feel like we're not really selling the song that well but it's truly a bop i think it's generally considered a favorite um it's also one of those things where it's like i don't think we've ever heard jim sing before and he just Mm -hmm. like knocks it out of the park he can dance he's also a great dancer Yeah. yeah we had no idea until now your only expertise is running up these speedy legalese like a dick but it's not too late to avoid this fate find any other job to pick sure your parents might think you're a failure but no one's ever said first let's kill all the tailors don't be a lawyer i'm serious it really really sucks don't be a lawyer no one you work with looks like ally mcbeal the next episode though when we have 
um, Rebecca's little brother. So he's played oh, by man. Luca Padovan, who I love. He is like my favorite child actor. He's like probably the main child actor that I know who is currently still a child, but he is my favorite. Um, he's just so cute. And he like plays this like innocent little kid really well, which is even funnier when it turns out that he's like kind of evil. Oh my God. His song, I want to be a child star. I straight up watched that like once a day for two weeks because I just loved the music video for that so much. And also the song is a huge bop. But, like, the dance moves and everything that go along with it, like, I don't know. I was obsessed with it. He's great on it. He's, yeah. It's great. You I sent me this song before I watched the season. And mm. I was like, why is there a kid on this show? <laughs> like, where the fuck did he even come from? Like, there's really been no place in the plot for a kid to be in the show. Um and it totally came out of nowhere, but it's basically Rebecca's half brother, um, cause her dad left her and got with some other lady. So they've like never actually met. And then he shows up on her doorstep out of the blue and mm-hmm. decides that he wants to be a Hollywood star. And I want to be a child star is the song where he talks about how fucked up he wants to be. Um, and he sings it as his audition song to Peter Pan, <laughs> musical Peter Pan, basically just like the Disney's child star life. And one of the lines is, I want to have to apologize to Meryl Streep with like no explanation and all the comments on YouTube. <laughs> like, But what is he apologizing for? <laughs> like, What did he do to Meryl Streep? <laughs> and, like, I thought that was great. I like how he's like, I don't want to be a... a a well-adjusted regular child star i want to be the most fucked up child star you can make me like fuck me up guys yeah he's just like i am commodity and then like the casting crew is like yeah we're we're gonna probably go with someone else because you're crazy I do also like how in this episode they had like the brief return of British Josh because I guess they were like, we have this actor for the entire season and we haven't really used him. Let's just throw him in here because why not? This isn't actually important, but I do think it's kind of cool. But Heather is dating Hector, as we all should know by now. And Heather is like, you know, super cool and unique or whatever. And Hector is just a puppy. And Hector is like, I want to get married. And she was like, I don't really care about weddings. Um, But Hector really cares about weddings. So it's kind of just like the opposite of like the stereotype. And she ends up planning a wedding for him. um, During which time Rebecca is like the maid of honor or something and gives out a speech. Um, It's kind of funny because she's like, I love fairy tales. So I'm going to read an excerpt from my favorite from the greatest fairy tale of all time, the Bible. And then Father Bra is like, oh. She kind of talks about what she thinks like love means because at a wedding. And she just sounds like really reformed and in a healthy mindset. So Nathaniel is like, I need her back because she's wonderful. And she literally has like an ethereal glow on her face in this mm-hmm. wedding church. Tucker finds out that Nathaniel still loves Rebecca. I think because Sunil, who's Paula's friend, is stalking Rebecca for Nathaniel so that he can get a case at the company. It's a very confusing sentence. But if you listen to it <laughs> over and over again, it will make sense. Because I said that right. <laughs> I said that correctly. Um 
So Tucker's evil, and then he basically teaches Nathaniel a speech from Rebecca's favorite childhood musical, which is like a love story. And then in return, Nathaniel is going to pay off the casting director at Peter Pan to hire Tucker. This whole plan falls apart because Rebecca is like, why the fuck did you memorize this whole speech from my favorite (laughs) musical that was only aired once ever? Um, So, so that happens. And then she sends her half brother to theater camp because she's a nice person. She's like, you need this. Like, instead of therapy, she's like, go to theater camp. That's pretty much as close as you can get to therapy, right? So that's Tucker's short-lived episode. This is what I mean by, like, this season is very scattered. He shows up for, like, an episode. It's kind of a big deal. Then he leaves the show forever. Would would anything change if we took out this episode? Um, not I guess really. Kind of. Well, but not even but then. Before not really. Tucker showed up, she place. already was over Nathaniel. And then when Nathaniel was doing the slumbered speech, she was like almost interested, but then she was like, "Wait, this is a scam." So yeah, yeah it wasn't really needed. I mean, one I- of the criticisms I saw about this season is because this season is longer than the the previous ones. This one is eighteen episodes, and I think seasons two and three were like thirteen episodes. So it people were saying it felt like they were kind of just like padding in episodes because they just like were like, oh, we have more episodes now. Like, what are we going to put in them? Um, which like I could see the argument for that because, yeah, like this episode truly doesn't really change that much. I think it was kind of like she's never going to forgive her dad, but she's like still open to good family relationships kind of because mm-hmm. she's she doesn't really make up with her mom but she like stands up for herself in front of her mom later on yeah and it's kind of like that but then like obviously she wouldn't actually forgive her dad so it's just kind of like she has she has family options now mm-hmm. yeah that is kind of nice Um, And to be fair, they did mention Tucker in a previous episode when her dad was asking her for money. So it's not like they just like randomly wrote him into the season all of a sudden. Um, He obviously got his braces. (laughs) Yep. I want to have a teenage Hollywood meltdown. Be a pop culture casualty. I want a bunch of addictions to illegal prescriptions and completely lose touch with reality. I want to squander Continuing this vein of just random, like, ensemble stories. Um, like, the next episode, Heather and Valencia are moving. Paula's son is going to, like, the Peace Corps. A lot of people are just, like, leaving. And Rebecca's like, no, wait, what? It's, like, super traumatizing for her because she was always way ahead in life. Like, quote-unquote, ahead in life mm. compared to Heather and Valencia because of Valencia spent like 10 years being a yoga instructor because she thought she was going to be like a stay-at-home mom and then like Heather had been in college for like eight years or something like that so she was always like very successful 
compared to her West Covina friends. And, like, yeah, she had her problems, but, like, in general, like, in ways that people care, she was, like, well off and successful and had a great career and all that stuff. And she had just decided to, like, throw away all of that for her mental health and open a pretzel shop because it made her happy. Um, And then all of a sudden her friends were becoming really successful. And Heather, who used to be her roommate, now married Hector and is becoming a regional manager at home base and is (laughs) moving out to be with Hector and also to be closer to like various home base branches, which I did not even know was a chain until (laughs) this season. (laughs) Um, And then, oh, Valencia is by and um she's still an event planner but she's dating another girl who's an event planner and they're moving to new york to work for a big event planning company um so she's kind of freaking out because she just you know made the decision to be like i'm okay with like not being a super successful person if it's better for me but then of course that's when her friends start being super successful yeah so she spirals again (laughs) not not her worst spiral ever by far but i mean she doesn't even really like do that much with her spiral she just kind of like it's just not a um she's just like not in a good headspace but it's not like she went and fucked greg's dad again or like you know it wasn't like that kind of spiral so right it's it is kind of like she is sort of improving her coping mechanisms i guess like but it's also it's like a nice growing moment for her um which like this is skipping ahead a bit but like i like that they had this episode where it's like okay she does need to learn that she can't always be the most successful and also it's sort of like letting go of attachments and like knowing that life will change for people but then it's like what, like three episodes later, when all of a sudden everybody's back again, and then they're back for the rest of the season. Yeah, so it, they didn't actually want Heather and Valencia to be out of the show. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, she does kind of do that thing that was similar to when all her friends confronted her about Robert last season, whatever, where she attacks them, and she's like, "You guys are super old." and lame and buying a condo because you guys are old and lame and have no life. And um, Valencia is like, we're the same age. And Heather is like, I'm younger than you. And then Rebecca stomps out of there. Um, And then I think Heather asks Valencia to pass her her back brace, which (laughs) is a really cheap joke, but I still laughed at it. And you know what it reminded me of is when we were at our – um, Lauren Patton concert and she was talking about her icy hot and she was like I am not old but I'm also not young and I was like that's what this is right now ah <laughs> uh, yes yeah but like you said overall she's not that bad because it's not the worst of spirals all she really does is decide that Meyer and AJ are her new best friends and her new favorite word is fizzy and Maya and AJ are just the youngest people she knows, I guess. I don't know. Um, So she's like, these are my new best friends because they're not getting married. They're not moving for a permanent career. 
Um, and this is where I'm at in life. So that's kind of like leading into the next side character plot because she goes picnicking with Maya and AJ and um, they run into Daryl and White Josh being super cute together. Their relationship truly confused me for the entire season. <laughs> yeah. Because, so, I mean, yeah, go I, ahead. So the song that this inspires, um, the group mine has this idea in love. I actually kind of, I don't like the song itself that much, honestly. It is catchy. Um, and it is like a big dance number, which is kind of funny in different ways. But um, I like the idea of this song where, and I, I was looking through the comments on YouTube for this because people were talking about how like, there's a sort of like fetishization of gay couples where it's like, every gay couple is like, oh my God, look how cute they are. They're gay. And they're like together and whatever, which like I can see that. And also the other part of it is like, you know, in a fandom or whatever, if in canon, like you're, ship doesn't actually get together or if you had a ship and they broke up or something people are still very like insistent about like no they're gonna get back together because they have to because that's what I want like so I like it as like sort of commentary on that but like back to Daryl and White Josh's relationship um I don't know I feel like if you break up with a like a fairly serious partner like that it's like very difficult to immediately have a friendship with them without sort of falling back into a relationship and I don't know if that's what they're doing I don't know like if it's different from them for them because they like very obviously had like an inciting incident to their breakup um but it it seemed weird that they were still like so friendly with each other after um they had broken up and like and white josh is like still like even though he said he doesn't want children he's like very good with the baby like he's not like a terrible baby holder or anything great with daryl's baby i was really annoyed with how unclear this show was about their relationship because so just as a reminder they were in like a perfect relationship but they broke up because white josh didn't really want kids and daryl wanted kids right away because he's quite a bit older than white josh and so they still liked each other and this was pretty much like their only issue and that's why they broke up because they decided they weren't compatible because of that which is totally fair but then in the last season you know his sperm was healthy and he had a new child (laughs) and um he has a newborn baby in season four and um, he becomes like super close friends with white Josh again and white Josh like babysat for him. And then the two of them will like order delivery and binge TV shows together. Like white Josh will be saying like, Oh, I really want to like date this new guy that I met at the gym. Oh, but Daryl, I can come over to your apartment later to do laundry. Right. And it's like, very gray area because like the whole song of like the group mind has decided you're in love is like okay like you guys are super cute you guys should be together which really seems like what it is because they're spending like 20 hours a day together but then like the song's also like making fun of itself and it's like these people are crazy don't white mm-hmm. josh aren't dating but like their actions really seem like they are dating but then at the same time 
White Josh is like, I do like this guy at the gym. And Daryl's like, great, you should go after him. But they're still hanging out for 20 hours a day. Yeah. And it's extremely unclear. And White Josh does end up dating this guy at the gym who I think like they have a pretty good relationship, but the show never goes into it. And it's very unclear as to like if the group mind was crazy or if the group mind was right on the money. And then Nathaniel also shows up looking like a loser at the end of the song. And he's like, I just wanted to be part of the song. Nathaniel is truly like extremely vulnerable in this season. Like up until this point, we really haven't seen him in anything besides suits. And then this season, he's just dressed like a farmer. (laughs) Yeah. And then as Heather states, he's clearly just broken. (laughs) It's really sad. And she says that in front of like, this dude from like Rebecca's therapy group and this guy's like I'm very traumatized because all seven of my sisters died in the same tandem bike accident <laughs> and then Heather is like I feel bad for you but Nathaniel's just broken <laughs> I don't remember this part at all but I'm glad you did <laughs> so. it's wonderful and then he makes um I remember this so clearly because he makes like noises imitating his sister's bike crash he's like and then netflix captioned it twigs snapping (laughs) and i was like that's not accurate we don't know why you're fighting the inevitable with you timmy it's clear to us that you both are soulmates Plus, you're kind of the only two LGBTQ people I know. So to me, it's clearly fate. Fate, fate, fate. You need to get out more, Tim. It's confirmed. It's confirmed. It's official. It's official. The group mine has decided you're in love. Court adjourned. Court adjourned. Now cancel it all. Cancel it all. The mass mob has declared that you're in love. So I think this kind of leads us to trapped in a car with someone you don't want to be trapped in a car with. <laughs> Just that like the longest title. song title ever. <laughs> but I I remember, because um, again, like all my roommates were basically watching this show too. And um, I mean, I feel like the songs up until this point, this is like almost halfway through the season. And the main good song is still um, Don't Be a Lawyer. Like, I don't think any of the others have super stood out that I like much. I Child Star a lot. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I did too. Um, but those are definitely the top two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, there's just haven't been as many because all the other seasons have been super front loaded, I think, with good songs. And this one, I think, is almost the opposite. So there's three unconventional couples stuck in a car together, basically. And I thought the way that they kind of pulled the episode together was really well done. Because I didn't really realize what they were doing until too far into it. Um, But um, Heather's driving to one of her other home-based branches. And I forget why, but Nathaniel needs to hitch a ride. And she's like... He had the whole thing where he had to go to the beach. Right. Did they get into a car crash? But like, why didn't he drive? Um, his car like broke down on the side of the road so she picked him up oh and she saw him right and then paula is like going through an existential crisis studying for her bar exam pretty much and she just doesn't want to study she's afraid to fail and she has a lot going on so she decides that she's going to buy a very expensive 
studying like an antique studying desk for herself or something Mm -hmm. but she's like buying it from a random person and she has to go pick it up so she hires a car service who ends up being josh and then um rebecca decides that she wants to hang out with daryl for a day um and just you know have some friend time yeah but turns out all her other friends are gone (laughs) right but turns out daryl's super annoying in the car um, and that's how they all end up in their separate cars. And I feel like the montage was really funny because wasn't Daryl like picking his toes yeah. in the passenger I, seat? I think if you watch the bloopers for this season, I think she said something about like most of those were just like ad libs on his part. They were just <laughs> like, yeah, just do the most annoying things you can think of. Like if you're in a car with someone. And so there's a lot of bloopers of just her laughing because he's just like, ridiculous about it um but yeah and like josh is also like not as bad as daryl but like he is very dumb and sort of like naive and stuff so paula is also really mad because she's just trying to like she's super stressed out and both nathaniel and heather just hate each other so josh okay we haven't even really talked about like josh's growth in this season yet josh is really not that bad in this song he's just like hey paula you gotta study for the bar exam i'm gonna be a good friend i'm gonna haul this desk back for you and you're gonna get studying and paula's like no i don't want to study um but yeah we also haven't really talked about like how josh is kind of a decent person now Mm -hmm. um because he decided to go to therapy and also find healthy relationships for himself but he's still really stupid like his character has sort of been a plot device for this whole show where like Mm -hmm. in season one he had to be a good guy because otherwise why would rebecca like him and then in season two he had to kind of be a douche because they needed to like have that whole like breakup spiral and then in season three, I think they just truly didn't know what to do with him because he didn't really. But after the whole like horror movie stuff, um, mm-hmm. because he just wasn't really part of Rebecca's recovery anymore. So I think it makes sense that he's like back to being a regular dude. But I I just think that the show like was so focused on Rebecca that they just like did not plan this far with Josh. They were like, oh fuck, he's still around. What do we do with him? And and I think they wanted to end the show with him being, like, a good option for her still. Like, at least as good as yeah, Nathaniel. Which they like to work their way back there. I was going to talk about that later, but I just hated that. Because I was like, okay, I get it how, you know, having three potential suitors to choose from is, like, a good number. As opposed to, like, if there's only two, then it's kind of like a head-to-head competition. But I just truly did not see Josh as an option ever again like i was like this seems so shoehorned in it doesn't make sense because like they they do like have a good sort of like friendship now but i never once saw anything that convinced me that that could have been more than a friendship again what they keep trying to do is pretend like rebecca and josh had this this like undeniable sexual chemistry and like when she randomly sees him shirtless later, it's like, oh my God, I love him. And he's supposed to be like the hot guy out of her three suitors. Um, And like, that's what they're trying 
to push. Mm-hmm. But like the other two guys are really cute too. And the show's <laughs> just pretending like that's not the case. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They just like really needed a reason to like include him in the which like I guess like if you look at the entire arc of the show, it makes sense that he'd be included in the end because he was sort of the original reason for her to move out and she he was like, you know, the spark that started the entire show. So it it sort of like makes like poetic sense for him to be there in the end, but just like in practice, I don't think they I don't think that was earned and I don't think that was needed. But yeah, speaking of Josh in regards to the Trapped in a Car song, I like how, so it's, you know, like Rebecca, Paula, Heather, and uh, Nathaniel singing the main parts of the song, which Mm -hmm. also the costumes for this song are fantastic. I love them because it's like a Beach Boys parody moving through time and the car ride is so endless it feels like so much time has passed that your taste evolves and you enter a more experimental era of your music career and they just like basically enter like an acid trip like costumes change and everything and i thought that was hilarious and then josh and daryl who obviously are also in the cars but not part of the songs up till then like come into the song with like steel drums and stuff and they start listing like different cities in southern california and um it's a parody of how like in beach boy they have a song called kokomo which also just lists like random islands in the caribbean which i did not know this song until very recently when i was in hawaii and someone put together an island mix and that was on there and i was like have I heard this song before? And then I realized I was just thinking of this song from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I've done that a lot recently where I keep thinking I know a song, but I actually just know the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend parody of that song. I'm like, (laughs) yes, I see. Yeah. So the song kind of, I don't really remember what happens with Paula and Josh, but um, for Nathaniel and Heather, it ends when, like, they have this big argument or, like, oh, Heather's car breaks down because she drives a terrible car, according to Nathaniel. <laughs> and then, like, they have an argument and accidentally spill Nathaniel's secret envelope filled with powder. And Heather is, like, is that just coke that you blew all over my face? And he's, like, no, it's my nanny's ashes. And Heather is like, wow, this man is capable of being vulnerable because he's carrying his nanny's ashes. And she finally has some respect for him. And then for Rebecca and Daryl, they ended up having like a good time because they're like, you know what? It's fine that you annoy me a little. We're still good friends. It's all good, which is like a nice friendship message. But then like they ended up kissing in the end, which was totally out of the blue they were immediately like no this is a bad idea oh they ended up kissing because also this part was stupid i think like daryl got a lot of barbecue sauce on his mustache or something and then instead of washing it off like a logical person would he shaves it off um and then rebecca's like wow daryl without a mustache and then they start making out and then they're like oh this is not a good move i i think that was actually kind of funny because it's like a classic rom-com sort of move thing where it's like they're like parodying it yeah that's what i took that as like i didn't take that as an actual like um possibility it was kind of just like a wow look at us we've gone through this whole development where we hated each other or like one was super annoyed with the other and we made up and we had a really good time 
and the rules of rom-com say we should kiss now i totally agree that it's a parody but like it was just still kind of annoying because like rebecca doesn't really have any guy friends in the show aside from daryl so it's just like okay like she already has a lot of hunks vying for her and yeah. everybody on this show likes her so yeah that's pretty true do that? yeah i hadn't thought of it in that way but yeah that's definitely true it's um, fine though they they're like nope shouldn't have done that and it ends <laughs> in like 50 seconds yeah <laughs> to be fair she did carry the egg for his child or whatever which again right. that whole thing is just like don't think about it too hard it's a lot less work than like what heather did though so oh yeah yeah she provided the egg she didn't carry it alhambra glendora la puente here's samora covina pasadena my baby have you seen her oh no the car ride has gone on so long that we're now in the later, more commercial stages of our career. Because we're trapped in a car with someone I don't want to be trapped in a car Ontario, with. Alhambra, we already said Alhambra. Truly the next thing I really care about is just the, the West Covian High School reunion. This is probably one of the highlights of this season. Because one of the best episodes. Yeah. Um, they have their high school reunion and this is where they recast Josh, not Josh, Greg. I messed that up. Um, (laughs) (laughs) they recast Greg. So this was interesting because I think you, you said you'd like had heard about this recasting before and like watching the show as it was coming out and like following the show, they had like announced that they were recasting Greg. They knew it was Skylar Aston before this episode aired. They had like had that like first look pictures of him on set as greg um so i totally knew this was coming and i had another friend who like i think during the pandemic had watched crazy ex-girlfriend on netflix and i like purposely didn't mention anything to her because after season two she was like wait greg just left like like he's gone and i was like yeah and i like purposely didn't mention um that they were recasting greg because I just wanted to see her reaction mostly. And she like did not expect it at all. She was like, what the fuck? Like, what is happening? So it was kind of interesting to see just like if you're not expecting it, what that looks like. Um, kind of like honestly in WandaVision where they recast Pietro, I guess. Um It was so well done. And I also didn't realize how many people went to this high school because like we knew Josh went there, Greg went there, Hector went there, White Josh went there, and Valencia went there. But like George also went there. Like half the people at the law firm went there. It was basically like a very <laughs> The thing ancestral... is that like West Covina isn't even that small of a town. Like they're a big enough town where they have multiple high schools for sure. But I guess they're just like, yeah, we're just going to pretend that this whole town has one high school. And um yeah, so so they're at this reunion, and Rebecca's there too because it's at home base, and Hector, I mean Heather, basically owns home base now, and like Valencia's there, they're having a blast. Um, the first crazy thing is that Greg shows up, and no one was really expecting Greg to show up, and Greg has also 
like Josh, changed a lot as a person. Like after leaving the toxic relationship that he had with Rebecca, he went to Emory, as we all know, and like became happy with himself and like isn't this angsty anger management issues type person that he was when he left Uh the show um and yeah he's played by a different person and it's handled so well and there's so many jokes like people were like oh my god rebecca that's greg and she's like i don't see him what are you talking about that's not greg (laughs) because like it's not santino fontana and then like i feel like maybe like an episode later or something um, people are talking about like how much better of a person Greg's become or whatever. And they're like, but what about Greg? He's like a completely different person now. <laughs> and people are like, I know. And all of those were just amazing. Like the way that they recasted Greg was truly very wonderful and like nothing I've ever seen before. Um, but that wasn't even the highlight of the high school reunion show. I feel like there's two other things. Um, <laughs> The next other thing, which I'm sure you know, is like Valencia had a secret affair with someone in high school while she was dating Josh and Heather's trying to figure out who it is. Um, It's not, it's neither exciting nor like well-written because she had an affair with Father Bra, which is really, really sad because Father Bra and Josh have been best friends forever. So... That was like kind of a plot hole for me. But the best part of that is really just when she and (laughs) Heather are sitting at the bar and like she's recounting the story and Heather has the most well-trained bar staff ever. (laughs) Yeah, truly. That is (laughs) truly like how I want all our talks to be. Like if we just sat at a bar and we just yelled someone's name and they just immediately like slid us our drinks. That's why we have to make bartender friends. Like we need to know bartenders really, really well and be regulars at a bar. And then maybe that could happen, (laughs) you know, but basically like, like Heather in season four is like mainly about like, she's really competent and also has very modern ideas about management and kind of shoots the top of like the home base executive hierarchy. And she has a bartender called Bart who is just amazing. But basically like Valencia keeps telling her like spicy facts about her affair. And then Heather's just like freaking out and she's like, Bart, bring me a sherry. Um, she's freaking out. And then she's like, mm, sherries are disgusting. And she does that multiple times. And it's so, so great. And Valencia's even like, oh my God, your bar staff is amazing. Um, Cause yeah, I think, like at the very end she's like okay we need to so- sober up and she's like bart and then he just slides them to espressos um it's wonderful it's really really great what was your other highlight for this um what you missed while you were popular mm-hmm. yeah so how did that oh it's george george was in the magic club and he's like we all know he's a loser um josh sits next to george at the reunion and it's his first time hearing about a magic club because josh was a jock and very popular and so um yeah george sings a song called what you missed while you were popular and he kind of just talks about how all the kids that weren't cool still had 
a great high school experience, which is cute. Um, I don't know if it's true, but (laughs) the first time I listened to the song, I totally thought about you because I remember when you went to like, like the pre-frosh band camp thing the summer before Mm -hmm. we went to college and the rest of us were still not at college yet because you showed up first and then I remember you like texting and you were like I made out with this guy and I was like that's (laughs) fucking insane (laughs) because because in the song they talk about how like sexually active the band geeks are and yeah I was like oh my god this must be what Christine went through in that in that two week band camp she had. Wow, I am honored that you. <laughs> <laughs> but back to Greg, um, really quick. It was interesting watching Skylar Aston because it felt like he didn't feel like Greg to me. He felt like a person playing Greg, and it's not even like he felt like Skylar Aston imitating Santino. It's like. I could imagine Santino Fontana doing the exact same things that Skylar Aston did. Like he got the character down fairly well in terms of like getting all the mannerisms, the like speech patterns and stuff. So like, honestly, he did a really great job in that aspect, but he is like fairly different to Santino just like physically in general and like as an actor too, I think. So every time I was like watching him do something, I was just sort of like, imagining santino doing the same thing and being like oh okay yeah i see how greg would do that now like once i imagined santino in that role Mm -hmm. so he never fully like settled in the one thing i did i i feel like was kind of disappointing was i felt like rachel bloom just had a lot better chemistry with santino fontana Mm -hmm. and like that was kind of missing with skylar aston i was happy that greg was back but, like, if Santino was actually back, I feel like I would have really been rooting for them to get back together, like Greg and Rebecca. Yeah. And with Skylar, I was just kind of like, okay, like, I'm sure he's back for a reason, but whatever. Yeah. But so they have a song together where they're, Greg is basically, well, Rebecca's freaking out because she slept with his dad still and he doesn't know. Um, yeah. And Greg is just like, let's forget the past. I want to start anew with you. We've both fucked up a lot in the past. We were both messed up people, but now we're both like on the road to repair. So let's not talk about all the ways we fucked up in the past and start over. And Rebecca's like, this is this a chance to not tell him about how I slept (laughs) with his dad. And so they have a song where they talk about how, yeah, is the hello, nice to meet you, where they basically pretend like they're meeting again, Um, which is honestly a really cute song. I just did not need 17 references to pizza sauce on Dick. <laughs> yeah, it was I like this song. Um I think it was a good song. It was like sort of cute how they had they kept doing like different meat cutes and stuff. And just also the way that they sort of like played off each other where um they were like, oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's fairly tropey, but it's like, oh, I just got out of this like relationship a bit ago where, you know, this one girl, she was kind of crazy. Like she cheated on me or she slept with my best friend or whatever. And it's like, oh, yeah. Um, and I actually thought it was kind of sweet when they would be like, oh, like, tell him I'm sorry. Like, tell her I am, too. And all that I thought was um pretty cute. But 
yeah, I don't know. I like the song. I think the song is definitely a highlight of this season's songs. I really didn't have strong feelings about it. I liked how it was like done and how they were like on a subway and random stuff. But I don't know if I care about the song as much. Hello, nice to meet you. You've been inside of me. Hello, nice to meet you. You broke my heart. To make your acquaintance stranger I've spent many years processing my anger Wouldn't know what to say to the person I knew But it's nice to meet you Um, I did like sports analogies Not like as a song, but as a concept Which is that I was just thinking about that the other day (laughs) Because I was... When we were in Hawaii, we were talking about how, um, you know, there's that whole, I don't know if you've seen the post. There's like a long post on Facebook or something about how men are more frequently friend zoned than women because they think that any sort of intimate discussion or conversation means that a girl is into them where because they don't have like close guy friends, like guy, guy and guy relationships generally don't have that kind of bond the same way that like girl and girl friendships do so that sort of like reminded me of sports analogies because the whole conceit of the song is like guys don't know how to actually talk to each other in a like intimate way um Mm -hmm. so they use sports analogies instead and that's why they are so into sports oh but we did skip the whole cats episode which i know you weren't a huge fan of but i actually thought was super well done what i don't even remember like where this happened it was, it was way earlier, right? It was actually the it's the episode after um the homecoming episode, the reunion episode. Um Oh, really? Because oh. after um cuz Rebecca like tells Greg she's like I slept with your dad and it's super awkward because they're like slow dancing and Greg's like the fuck. So he leaves. So Rebecca is like a little bit um angsty over that. And I, I just thought I actually think this might be my favorite episode of the season, like um, just in the way that it's constructed and everything, too, because the, the episode is called I Need Some Balance because Rebecca just like is a little bit off kilter because of like how abruptly Greg left and the fact that Greg's back at all. And so she just sort of like throws herself into stuff where she's like, I'm going to work out and I'm going to like go with Valencia to like... um spin class and i'm also going to go back on like tinder and stuff and like start going out with guys and like she's just like sort of throwing herself into everything like head first and um and during this whole episode there are just like random cats people coming out with analogies which i think is super funny because they're all just like representing her vagina essentially because like the first one is hungry cat to be like she's super horny and um then there's like because she works out in like cheap polyester leggings she gets a yeast infection so she gets like the itchy oh cat God. and, and the, the really funky cat nice guy the really nice normal guy that she dates and his mom is a gyno and she tells him that she has a yeast infection and he's like it's no big deal my mom's a gyno yeah that guy and i really liked him and i was really sad i mean like i didn't have strong attachments to him but i felt really bad 
that he didn't get to be in the final lineup of men that Rebecca I, was yeah, choosing Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like he should have replaced Josh because, yeah. again, like, I don't, like, the Josh ship has sailed. Um, and at this point, they're roommates, which is also a little bit awkward because there's this one scene where, like, all her men just show up at her apartment and Josh is, like, only in boxers and everybody's kind of like, what the fuck is happening? Um, but yeah, like, I feel like he should have been the third guy, which, like, I understand that we've only seen him, like, for two episodes because he was the guy in um, Sex with a Stranger. So, like, I get that, like, we don't really know him, so there's not really a point to us having him in the lineup. But I think he would have been also just, like, a nice contrast as, like, a regular dude who hasn't been caught up in all her, like, mental health issues and stuff um, from before where they haven't just, like, like, because the three that do end up in that final lineup, like they've all fucked each other over so many times by now. I just like how Rebecca kept being like, you know, I think I would have liked Cats more if it was just an all dance review, which I totally agree with. So, yeah. Um, as soon as Greg is back, it's like pretty much full focus on Rebecca's love story once again, which almost came out of nowhere for me. Like, but basically, she starts dating Greg again, and, like, I don't know if this was also how their first relationship went, but it's just extremely clear that they're not that compatible, and, like, I like Greg, but it's not Santino Fontana anymore, and, like, they're just not that compatible. They're not into the same things. So, I would actually say they, like, kind of are, because... Remember um, the first date she had with Greg and then they and then also when like they were playing words with friends with each other and stuff like I feel like they are actually pretty compatible. But for the sake of this plot line, they needed them not to be um, so that they could break up. So I, I do think that like, again, if it were Santino, because they have more of that like physical chemistry with each other, it, you know, would have come through more. But like this episode where they go to the water park and he's like not into it, but she is, I feel like is just sort of a reason for them to break up um, so that they can keep moving along with the, her love story plot. I do mm-hmm. really like his song though. I hate the feeling of the sun when it hits my skin. I don't like bands that have a guy We're coming up to the end of the season, and the end of the season is basically a mashup of Rebecca taking antidepressants and choosing between three men. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's pretty much everything that happens. So which yeah. one do we want to tackle first? Um, I think the antidepressants will take less time. <laughs> so let's do right. that first. <laughs> it is a La La Land parody. It was just like very vibrant and colorful and had a tap break in the middle. So I felt like it was just like it it felt new compared to all the other songs that we've been seeing this season, which, again, I don't think this season is the best for songs in general. 
I do agree that, like, it's very vibrant, but I never truly loved this song. And I was also, again, really disappointed that it was the finale for the concert. I mean, it makes sense as a finale for the concert because it does kind of feel like the whole show is leading up to this whole, like, it's okay to have depression. It's okay to, like, rely on antidepressants if you need to because, like, people always think about, like, oh, I don't want to take antidepressants because that means I'll be dependent on it. And it's like, well, if you believe it's an illness like diabetes, then depending on medicine is fine. Um, and it's like, it's a very nice message that the show kind of ended on. And it does feel like all of Rebecca's mental health struggles up until this point is like leading to this a little bit. So like, I understood why it was the concert finale, but it's just like not my favorite song through all four seasons. Mm, And yeah. I was very sad that that's what they went with. I mean, I guess that pretty much covers the antidepressants thing. Um, Rebecca does also move into, like, she's still maintaining the pretzel shop and stuff, but she does also sort of try to get into community theater because she finally realizes that theater is, like, her one true love, um, which, you know, is kind of something that has been obvious since Dream Ghosts. The Pirate King song! (laughs) Oh my god, I loved it. Yeah. I, oh, um okay. I feel like we need to just like run through this really quickly, but um Valencia is in her first lesbian relationship and she wants her girlfriend to propose to her, but this girl's like, I don't know if I'm ready for that. And she eventually, like, comes to the epiphany that she can propose now. It's, like, a whole thing. But in the meantime, she wants to make her girlfriend jealous. And so Rebecca's like, I'm going to do community theater. And Valencia's like, sure, why not? I'll do it with you. I'll be the hot girl in the musical because I want to make my girlfriend jealous. And they end up all doing this musical. And it really doesn't go that great. Nathaniel ends up being, like, casted as a prince or whatever because, duh. And he's only (laughs) there because he's trying to impress Rebecca. And then, like, Rebecca, even though it's her first community production ever, she's like, I've decided to rewrite the lyrics. And it's like, okay, that's cool. But, like, maybe you should wait until the next season. Um, And then it's really, like, not that interesting of a plot point. But bride of the pirate king or something along those lines is valencia's song where she just basically talks about how like her village was pillaged by a pirate (laughs) and she pretends like it's very romantic because she's wearing a wedding gown because she's the bride of the pirate king and she's in love with her song because she's like this is the world giving me a sign that i am meant to be married and like this bitch needs to propose to me so she's in her own world but the song is hilarious and i strongly urge everyone to listen to it the other thing i wanted to mention before we sort of like got into that was nathaniel's rom-com episode which oh yeah it was just funny like i thought it was it, it did also kind of feel like one of those um we have more episodes than we're used to let's just like put something together but like i really enjoyed this episode where Nathaniel like imagines himself in a rom-com where he is trying to where he ends up with Maya of all people but um, 
it's and then um oh what's his name bert all of a sudden turns into the like miranda presley of the rom-com and um tim is like his long-suffering assistant and then they do the thing where they um between scenes like intersperse it with like city scenes just to be like look we're in a city and every time they do that it's like a different city that is very obviously not west covina and just like all those little things like that i thought was hilarious and it was also great because um aline brosh mckenna who is an executive producer on this show like she wrote the screenplay for double wears Prada's. so she's like definitely working with stuff that she is like familiar with here so i thought that was just really funny um and i enjoyed that one a lot but yeah so like basically rebecca's like not really with anyone um and she is like oh my god like everybody still like kind of wants to be in a relationship with me but now i have to make the decision and so she tries to make like a pro and con list um and she basically like everybody else kind of like finds out about this because again rebecca is apparently the most newsworthy item in this town mm-hmm. and like i think it's white josh's idea where he's like okay what if we do like the bachelor where you each take rebecca on a date and at the end she chooses which person to um to go with okay here is what bothered me about it in this show josh is the hot one and when josh greg and nathaniel are discussing the rules of this bachelorette situation and you know the three dates that they're taking her on um they they're like okay josh can't take off his shirt nathaniel can't spend more than 50 dollars, and they're basically like handicapping each other so they're all at the same playing field which I thought was really, really stupid because I feel like Josh should be allowed to take off his shirt and Nathaniel should be able to spend a lot of money because that is an accurate just depiction of what Rebecca's life would be like if she went with that guy. So I was like, this is ridiculous. I was really looking forward to like how this show was going to pull off a super extravagant date. Mm-hmm. So I was really sad about that, but Nathaniel's date was actually really, really nice. Um, not that different from Josh's, to be honest, because I feel like they were just like, we have 50 bucks. We cannot do anything but put up a tent. <laughs> the show was probably like, we don't have money to make an extravagant Nathaniel date. We have 50 <laughs> bucks to make a date, and that is what they will have as well. <laughs> Nathaniel's date was really cool because... He couldn't spend any money, so he ended up, like, picnicking with Rebecca near, like, a stadium where they were doing a concert. Um, and it turned out to be the wrong concert because he got the dates wrong. So it wasn't, like, theater stuff and it was 70s music or some other thing that Rebecca didn't care about. But it was still a really cool concept. And honestly, I was like, he's so smart. This is a great idea. I would totally pick him right now. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of West Covina is literally in a bar dancing and talking about who she should pick. And there's like a whole betting board with odds on it. After I like how update. it was, um, I forget his name, but Heather's old boss who works at home base 
was like, I've had this odds board that I've never been able to use, but I've always wanted to use. Like, can we use this, please? And they're like, yeah, let's go. So they go into this whole, like, Guys and Dolls parody. Love's not a game. Love's not a game. We would never play with love like it's a game. But if we did, and that would be wrong, we'd put 30 bucks down that Josh is the biggest schlong. Oh, interesting. I'll double that. I'll triple that. Love is not Olympians sprinting down horses. There are dear friends, they are not horses. Their love is pure, groom meets bride. So we never soil it with a death pool on the side. Josh, age 52, parasailing accident. That's so smart. You were saying that you kind of couldn't see where this was going, but I thought it was super obvious that... She's going to choose herself because this show is about her and not about her having a guy. I stopped having strong feelings about Josh, Greg, and Nathaniel. Like at some point during the previous seasons, I was like, oh, Nathaniel is wonderful. Greg is amazing. Josh is trash. I had like (laughs) thoughts, you know. Um, And like at this point, I was just like, I don't really fucking know. I kind of just like wish fulfillment wise wanted her to pick a hot guy. Right. Um. Because I didn't think it was totally necessary that she had to be alone because I feel like part of the show and all the mental health stuff was leading up to like she is able to have like healthy family family relationships, healthy friendships, and like healthy relationships. Yeah. Um, but they kind of backtracked on that. We did hear in a previous episode, I think last season, Dr. Copian was like, it's okay for you to go on dates again and stuff like you don't have to be alone just because you're working through stuff. And it felt like they kind of backtracked on that a bit. And like, to be fair, she did have like a lot of stuff she wanted to do, but it felt like she was still using mental health as the reason she wasn't picking a guy rather than I want to be able to write my songs and like, you know, do all that instead of having to sort of like, try to figure out my way around a new relationship tldr she doesn't pick a man and then we fast forward to a year later where she still hasn't picked a man but she has written a cabaret or something um and that's basically the end and then i really didn't like it because white josh was super bitter and they really made white josh into like a cynical person that just like hates women because he's gay in season four because seasons one through three he was like the voice of reason and then season four Mm -hmm. he's just like i hate rebecca i get why he's there because all the other men are like falling over themselves for rebecca (laughs) and so you do kind of need someone to be like she's not that great i felt like the the show ended on a little bit of a low point for me like it it just felt like kind of a letdown i was expecting because it was like it just felt very predictable to me so what did you have to say about the concert so i actually i really liked that they had this concert um i went to the concert live you can see me in like one frame of the concert. Wait, really? Yeah, I'll, I'll send you a know. screenshot where like circle where we were sitting. Um, but yeah, so it was really cool to see. Also, because like I feel like anything live TV, if you go to a filming of it, it's always interesting to see like how they do it and stuff. They filmed like two different intros that were both cut. 
um, from the actual airing because they originally did Where's Rebecca Bunch as the intro, but they had Where's Rachel Bloom or something. Um, and they had like all the people on stage being like, Where's Rachel Bloom? And then she comes out and that's sort of like where the actual broadcast started. And then they also tried to film one where it was like, everybody's singing my song and they had all the people like all around the theater it's like a orchestra and a mezzanine but um yeah it was like it was cool to be there also rachel bloom really committed to wearing whatever the fuck she wanted like (laughs) sometimes like most of the time it like adhered to a color scheme that she was going for in her next song but like she spent a lot of time in just like a colorful button-up and leggings Mm-hmm. And it really looked like she was just doing tech week and not actually at a performance. <laughs> yeah. So this was not included in the broadcast, but there might be a video on YouTube and I'll have to look it up. But they did heavy boobs at the end as like an encore where she literally like took off her shirt and she had two bras on because like one bra was mm-hmm. her like tap bra because she was just tap dancing for um, antidepressants are not a big deal. And so she took that off, too. So she had her, like, regular bra on. And then she, like, super committed to doing heavy boobs, like, with all the jumping up and down. And I was like, that looks painful. But then the rest of the cast also came in, who they were still wearing all their clothes, but they had just, like, put bras on top of their clothes. And they just all did heavy boobs. Also, it was kind of cool because, like, people dressed up. And you can see that in the the video too for it because you'll see especially they tried to put people like in the box seats or up front in the orchestra the people who dressed up and that was cool to see and there was this rule where you like could dress up but you couldn't bring props but apparently i guess the easiest thing to to make was broom daryl from love kernels and when you left the theater there were like five broom daryls just chilling in the lobby because you couldn't bring them actually into the theater well, so this was probably our last episode in our so-called pandemic season. Now that Broadway has official opening dates and stuff, which is super exciting because there's a lot of new stuff that I am actually really interested in. Stay tuned for new shows. Let us know if there's any that you're particularly interested in. And we will probably end up seeing them all anyway because... right. Yeah. And you can find our episodes wherever you're listening to it now um, on any other podcatcher of your choice. And if you would like to get in touch with us, you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at bottomlessbway or email us at bottomlessbway at gmail.com. And we'll be back once Broadway gets up and rolling. So talk to you then. Bye. I was working hard at a New York job making dough, but it made me blue. One day I was crying a lot, and so I decided to move to Escovina, California. Brand new pals, a new career. I admitted that's where Josh lived, and that's what brought me here. Cause I was just a girl in love. Didn't want to be held responsible for my actions. I had many underlying issues to address, and I didn't, didn't want to be crazy. No, wait, I didn't, didn't want to be crazy. To clarify, I got a diagnosis, a diagnosis, and I named the